Today on CBA On Demand, we talk with esteemed Dr. Margaret Hill about her 40 years of leading this community in education. Thank you for being with us today, Margaret. Thank you. It's an honor, Lolita. Thanks so much for inviting me. You have been a leader in education for the past 40 years, and your passion is visible in all that you do for this community. Explain to us what drives you. What drives me? My own educational background. I could have easily been designated a special needs student. Uh, school was difficult for me from, I think, first grade on. I was a year below my sister, who was just about a genius. And she did everything right and everything on time. I struggled and struggled. In elementary school, I can remember struggling. In high school, it was a struggle for me. Uh, in college, it was somewhat of a struggle. I managed to make it through because I was determined that my sister was not going to outshine me by a whole lot. <laughs> so it so was the competition with my sister and my challenge at being uh, a, a different type of uh, a learner. Uh, one of the classes that I exceeded in the mo and did my best in was shorthand. And when I got out of college, I was doing shorthand at about 120 words a minute. Wow. But I taught myself. And that has inspired me to take a look at students because even in education, it's a field I never want to go into because of my shortcomings and never saw myself as a, as a good teacher. So I just kind of fell into teaching. I, when I came to San Bernardino in 1969, uh, I started working for a company called Operation Ch Second Chance uh, in January 1970. And one day, a uh, school board member, John Woods, came in, and there was another gentleman there who said to John, she has a teaching credential and she won't teach. And so John asked me, he said, why aren't you teaching? I said, I don't want to. He said, well, in San Bernardino, we need teachers. And I said, you still do, because I don't want to teach. <laughs> and he begged me to go down and put in my application. It was one of the best decisions I ever made in my life. He must have been pretty convincing, because as long as I've known you, once you set your mind to something, you're not one to change very readily. I saw myself more as a coach than a teacher, and I think that was what kind of kept my interest in education, because I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed not only teaching for the high school, but I also you know, taught at Cal State San Bernardino and the University of Redlands, and it was all very rewarding. And I learned from everybody. I probably learned as much as they did. And I think with education, that's what it's all about, is continuing to learn, continuing to strive. And in that vein, you don't just limit yourself to just education, even though that's what you're best known for. But as long as I've known you, you've been involved with public safety. You sat on the Sheriff's Information Exchange. You work with San Bernardino Police Department. Explain to me why that's important also. My advice to my students was always, you can't make a change unless you're inside where changes are made. So that was my main reason when I got the uh, call to become a part of the exchange committee. I saw it as such a benefit for me to represent the community to say, if I'm on the inside, now I can share concerns that you have, you know, the, the, the legitimate concerns. I'm in a position to do that. And with San Bernardino, it's the same. I'm there as a decision maker, not as a complainer. Right. And what a benefit to law enforcement to be able to engage in those respectful conversations and to learn. I remember emailing you 
about a project that you started that is so innovative and I love the idea. It's the mom mob. Tell us more about that. So we, what we do, we get there in the morning. We greet the kids as they come in. We have five of them. If someone say today's my birthday, we'll sing happy birthday. Uh, parents will come through and say, I need a hug. And we give them a hug. And uh, and we just stay there until um, usually five minutes after the first bell rings. And then we take off and go to work. We dress up. We don't go in flip-flops. We want to look professional for them. So I invite you if you're not on my list already. I remember. I remember those were the rules to dress in professional attire and to be on time. (laughs) We don't even have enough time to get into everything that you've done. But I also want to talk about your time serving as a school board member. Um, I know that I, I never think of you as a politician, but that is an elected position. What have you learned from that role? Uh, I learned you can be an elected official and not be a politician. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good. Okay, because I I do not see myself as a politician. I see myself as a public servant that some call politician, but I don't. I see myself uh, as a person who's there for not only parents and students, but for staff as well. And um, I, I I enjoy what I do because that's, you know, I think outside the box. Yes, and sometimes you I, you know, I, I just do things that's a little different from time to time. <laughs> and sometimes my board members look at me kind of funny. I can see them doing that. And sometimes I say things I shouldn't say, but what I say, I believe. And I know sometimes it's inappropriate, but I say it anyways. But, um, but you know, for me, it's it's about the children, and are we doing good things, and are we doing right things for children? If I don't think we are, I'll say it. And it, again, it may not be politically correct, but I do say it. You were recently honored at the NAACP Freedom Fund Banquet um, as a pioneer in education, and you gave a very passionate and bold speech. Can you tell our audience a little bit more about that? Well, I don't know how passionate it was, but it was bold. <laughs> I felt it was yeah. passionate. It was. It resonated in the room, I think. I, I think so, because I had two young people that come up to me afterwards, and one young man put his arms around my shoulders. He said, I don't know if anyone else was listening to you, but I was, and you're right. And the young lady uh, came up to me and said, thank you for sharing that, because we don't hear that often enough. So what I spoke about was being tired, you know. I, uh, I'm, I'll be 79 years old next month, and I've been doing this professionally since I was 31. So my speech that night was, I'm tired. I'm just tired. I'm tired of meetings. And I'm not tired of meetings for meetings sake. I'm tired of meetings when we go to them, we leave and say that was a nice meeting and turn on the TV or get in our car and take a vacation and, do th- and don't do anything of, that's pertaining to the uh, uh, meeting. And I did talk about uh, our African-American students because people, even African-Americans say, you know, black kids just can't do math. And I said, stop saying that. Yeah. Kids believe us. You know, I'm, I'm not tired because I'm old. I'm tired because we aren't doing what we need to do as a society. And we need to do that and stop complaining. I wish we had more time. But it has been an 
absolute honor having you here. Are there any closing thoughts you want to leave us with? I just want you to know that uh, San Bernardino is my home. Despite all of our issues and all of our problems, you can't fix it if you move. Again, it's one of those you have to be inside, and things can be fixed. And I, uh, and as tired as I am, I intend to not bring out my rocking chair yet. I intend to still be in the community doing some things, but I want to be not in front of the pack. I want to be behind the pack helping, helping out. Well, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Thank you for the invitation.